Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. You're listening to The Takeaway. I'm Janae Pierre, in for Melissa Harris-Perry. Most of us know that politicians don't always tell the truth, but Representative George Santos has taken that to a whole new level. The Republican representative of New York's 3rd Congressional District, which covers parts of Long Island and Queens, is now facing several investigations into his lies and embellishments. The freshman lawmaker was only sworn in a month ago and is also facing calls from some lawmakers in his own party to step down. Here's what Senator Mitt Romney said about Santos to members of the press after President Biden's State of the Union address Tuesday. He says he, uh, you know, that he embellished his record. Look, embellishing is saying you got an A when you got an A minus. Lying is saying you you graduated from a college you didn't even attend. And, and he shouldn't be in Congress. And uh, they're going to go through the process and hopefully get him out. And uh, But he shouldn't be there. And, and uh, if he had any shame at all, he wouldn't be there. Santos responded to Romney by saying, I think it's reprehensible that the senator would say such a thing to me in the demeaning way he said it wasn't very Mormon of him. That's what I can tell you. This from a politician who once claimed Jewish heritage and then backed off that claim by saying he was Jewish. Remember, I was raised Catholic. At the end of January, Santos recused himself from his two House committee assignments ahead of an expected House Ethics Committee probe. Some of Santos's lies include lying about attending a private high school in the Bronx, being a volleyball star in college, graduating college, getting an MBA from NYU, working on Wall Street. In response to these findings, Santos told WABC Radio in New York, I'm not going to make excuses for this, but a lot of people overstate in their resumes or um, twist a little bit or ingratiate themselves. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. But it's not just lies on his resume. He said his mother was inside one of the World Trade Center towers on 9-11. But immigration paperwork shows that she wasn't even in the country. And that's not even the full list of lies. And his constituents are not happy. A recent Newsday Siena College poll found that 78% of those surveyed in his district want Santos to resign. And on Tuesday, a busload of Santos's constituents rode down to D.C., protested on Capitol Hill, and handed his staff members a petition for his resignation. Santos has got to go! Hey, hey! Ho, ho! Santos has got to go! Hey, hey! Ho, ho! With me now is David Cruz, WNYC's People in Power politics editor. David, welcome to The Takeaway. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Of course. I understand that you went to Long Island and you spoke with some of Santos's constituents. What are they saying? Right. So I, I did go there recently, and a lot of the the, the sort of the, the main consensus here was that Santos was just not fit to serve them uh, while uh, he's in office. They essentially have read a lot of the coverage within the last uh, nearly two months, and they found that he's essentially not really the person that they thought that he was. I mean, I, and this was coming from both, you know, Republicans who had voted for him, who, you know, don't have sort of like a stake. They're not really just, you know, polit- like political insiders. They were simply just voters, and they felt like they've been had. And of course, I also spoke to Democrats who are also livid. 
Although I did ask, uh, just for the sake of fairness, if a Democrat were to have, you know, been on the same plane as Santos, would they also want uh, them to resign? And the answer was yes. They just feel as if the level of lying was just just too great. And 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 a lot of them knew that, you know, politicians always lie, but not to sort of this extent. And you know, that was kind of the the major, um, I guess take away from the uh you know walking around there for like a couple of hours nearly the whole day uh speaking to uh constituents and you know i did speak to several who had a level of sympathy for uh santos this one uh voter out in port washington uh, which is sort of on the northern end of the district said that you know they're a christian and they feel as if they should always forgive someone for these level of transgressions and that we should not sort of be pointing fingers and you know they she really was very sympathetic stood by him but that was really just kind of a rarity um throughout the day that I mean, really the consensus all around was that he really should step aside mm-hmm. And this list of lies, it goes on and on and on and on. Talk about the extent of these lies, David. Well, the part of, you know, the the, the falsehoods here was that, you know, Santos sort of like positioned himself as this businessman who was not like any other sort of like, you know, standard GOP member. He was openly gay. He was married. And, you know, he claimed to be this, like, you know, financier. And, of course, he also, as as the uh, the clips had, um, you know, reminded us that he lied about, you know, being Jewish. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of those factors really were kind of, there was sort of like a cascading effect because it wasn't just, you know, one, you know, isolated lie. It was just one after the other. And I think, you know, when I went also to Long Island, there was sort of this, level of exhaustion when it came to the number of lies that came out uh, out of, you know, uh, Santos's mouth. And, you know, there's one thing people say, it's one thing to pad the resume, it's another thing to flat out lie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he also had, you know, in terms of the other lies, he had thought that he was a volleyball player. He said that he had, you know, knocked out two of his knees as a result of playing volleyball at Peru College. And he said it with this level of, you know, you, you would not think the way he sort of like uttered it out of his mouth. It just it seems as if it was the real deal. But then when you begin to look at it, you see that he never went to uh, Baruch College. Therefore, he never played volleyball. And those are the kinds of things that really had, had shaken a lot of the constituents. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really kind of shaken too the the Nassau County Republican Party. They want nothing to do with him as well as a result of the lies. Mm-hmm. From a legal standpoint, has Representative Santos done or said anything illegal? Well, at the moment, it, that's sort of what the Ethics Committee and other in, in investigations are, are looking at, primarily around his financial disclosures, which, you know, with the, the there was a lot of omissions. They just there, there were omissions on where exactly he got the money. And that's sort of like where he it kind of stands right now. It's it's sort of like at this point, it's not really clear whether or not, you know, violations were made. Those violations will be sort of, you know, determined by the ethics committee. I believe the Nassau County um, district attorney's office is looking into whether or not any falsehoods amounted to any illegality. But at the moment, it's it's really not very uh, clear cut. And, and a lot of this will sort of be unraveled in, I, I imagine, in the months ahead. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a bit about the ethics committee investigation. What can you tell us about that? Well, right now, you know, uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy spoke with reporters 
out in uh, Capitol Hill uh, this week, and he sort of hinted that ethics that the ethics committee was looking into Santos, but then he kind of walked it back, and they, he simply said that these are merely complaints that the ethics committee is, is looking at. But as far as we can tell, we know that there were uh, uh, there was a complaint. Uh, submitted by representatives Richie Torres and Dan Goldman of New York, uh, both of whom are Democrats, essentially asking the Ethics Committee to look into the finances of Santos. It, it looks as if he had submitted paperwork uh, to the Federal Election Commission that was incomplete, and they want to sort of get to the bottom just where the source of his money came from. And that really remains a mystery at this point. Um, in terms of, you know, so right now, it just it's really at this point, early stages in terms of like whether or not he had broken any laws. We'll have more on the trail of lies from Congressman George Santos right after this. This week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, Congress has passed a law that will ban TikTok. But why? If you are going to take away an app used by 170 million people, I believe that lawmakers and the government who ostensibly work for us, the American people, owe us more information about why that divestiture is being moved forward. Debating the TikTok ban. That's the New Yorker Radio Hour from WNYC Studios. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm speaking with WNYC's People in Power politics editor, David Cruz, about Congressman George Santos. Are there any other repercussions for Santos? Is there anything that his constituents can do at this point? Really, at this point, uh, the short answer is no. I mean, it's a, a petition and, and the, the poll pretty much show that, that Santos will likely be a very ineffective member of Congress. And he himself has sort of kind of indicated that he will be sort of ineffective because he stepped down from two committees. Um, as part, you know, because he said he was he would likely be a distraction. And so it kind of rendered him to be really an ineffective member of Congress. Um, so constituents really will have to just kind of wait it out and, you know, determine whether or not he resigns, whether the ethics committee finds him guilty of some level of transgression, which will likely trigger, you know, a vote on whether to expel him, which also seems very unlikely, or, you know, he could resign. Um, at the end of the day, the, the voters do have the power here because, you know, he Santos will be likely or maybe not run for re-election and they'll likely make those voices heard at the ballot box. And how likely is it that he'd resign? At this point, it seems like it's very unlikely. He's really dug himself in in terms of wanting to stay. I mean, there's been calls from the Nassau County Republicans, members of his own party, constituents. And even with that level of pressure, it doesn't seem to really phase Santos at this point. I mean, it could very well, you know, could very well he'd be worn down by it um, eventually. And but to see him you know, resign at this point just kind of seems unlikely. He seems to typically kind of just hit back whenever, you know, there are detractors. I mean, we clearly saw what he said about um, the U.S. Senator Mitt Romney. So, you know, to see him resign just kind of really at this point seems very unlikely. You know, David, I'm wondering what's preventing other lawmakers from continuing this kind of trend of, of just lying 
Well, you know, I kind of thought um, that this story, you know, there, there are several like, stories that can come out of the George Santos case. I mean, there is sort of this cautionary tale that if you if you lie the way you do, you will eventually be found out. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, there is sort of this acceptance, I guess, from the general public that, you know, politicians tend to pad the resume a little bit, but not to this extent. But I think this would probably serve as a cautionary tale. Like, if you lie this way, you could very well be under major scrutiny and your really your whole credibility can really be, um, you know, ruined. Um, and I would also think that there is a you know, story to be told about sort of like vetting candidates internally as well. The Nassau County Republicans, they sort of felt like they were had in terms of like, un, you know, not really fully understanding or verifying much of uh, Santos's biography. So I would imagine there's a bit of soul searching in terms of like how to, you know, really engage the or go about uh, the vetting process moving mm -hmm. forward. And, you know, I, I also kind of thought that there is a media story to be told in that, you know, sometimes, you know, when races are not really fully covered, you might, you know, there might be a candidate who comes out who deserves a level of scrutiny, but simply just doesn't get it. Uh, and, you know, there's obviously a, a whole other story about the uh, local news ecosystem and how it's sort of been really impacted within the last few years. But I, I kind of feel if you if you look at that specific angle, you kind of can see that, you know, how important having local news coverage can be. It, you know, it could, it could result in things like this. Mm -hmm. David Cruz is WNYC's People in Power Politics Editor. David, thanks for being here. Thank you.